Okay, so you're playing I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. We about to talk about coming out, I guess. That's the topic for today, coming out. <laughs> okay, bitch, we gonna reveal all the tea today. Yes, I'm... welcome to the gag. <laughs> this is... This is the gag. So, okay. In each episode, we play our favorite songs and talk about the themes and topics of the music. So since Jason played the iconic I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. By the legend, the queen. Obviously, we're going to tell our stories with coming out because it was a moment. It's been a, it's been a journey. It's really been a journey. Uh-huh. Oh, and I forgot to say my name. I'm Kyle. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm Jason. My pronouns are he, they. Yes. So, Jason, I'm, I don't want this to be an emotional episode. It might be, though. <laughs> I don't have no tea today, but I have some water. Hello. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you some questions, and you can answer it however you feel like answering it. You don't have to go give me a soap opera. You don't have to give me an ABC drama. Give me whatever you feel like giving me. Yeah, basically. same to you too. It's just, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, the first question I want to ask you is, at what age did you know you were queer? And what was that like for you? I have always known that I was different. Whatever that means, when you're three and four years old, you don't know what different means. Um, it wasn't until I got to like sixth or seventh grade that I started really, really, really developing like my attraction for guys. Mm. So then I started to question things, just question myself, question who I was hanging out with a lot. Um, just questioning my sexuality, just like most teenage people do. You know, when you're 60, uh, 60 stuff so like that. Yeah, you know. Um, but mm -hmm. I really came out to myself in the 10th grade. And in true Jason fashion, 10th grade. That's when I came out to myself, yeah. That's when I said the words, I'm gay, to okay. myself. Is that late? Is that early? What? I don't mean to, um, yeah, I don't mean to react like that. I just, <laughs> I was like, for some reason, I thought you would be like, sixth grade or something <laughs> no i mean that's when i started really be, like developing my attraction for guys and started like questioning that but it i didn't come out to myself until 10th grade okay i remember exactly where i was i was walking home from school and i took a very 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 long route that day Ooh. just to like be by myself and just, you know what i mean like, like I said before, like, I love being outside and just going for, like, a long walk to clear your mind, clear the air. Uh-huh. You mm -hmm. wasn't cruising. In I wasn't cruising. No, not at ten, in 10th grade. <laughs> not in the suburbs in 10th grade. No. What about you? Well, okay. I knew I was gay since I was, like, two. But I didn't know, like, the complexities of that. Right, yeah. At all. I mean... Because, of course, there wasn't any education about it at all growing up. Um, when I saw Brandy and Cinderella, I was like, <laughs> I want to be Cinderella. Like, I want to be Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So that pretty much confirmed it for me when I was nine. I tried to pray the gay away. Did you really all? To, uh, it's so funny yeah. that Brandy watching Cinderella for you sure. because for me watching Diana Ross at the Super Bowl, that did it for me. When was that? That was in 19, that was Super Bowl 30. It was honestly to this day, like one of the most iconic gayest halftime shows I've ever seen in my entire life. She had so many costume changes. It was just like fabulosity on top of fabulosity. And I'm sitting there just like, oh. I'm gonna see if I remember that. <laughs> I, need to, I need to be there. She left the stadium, Kyle, in a helicopter. The helicopter came into the studio, picked her up, and, and she ascended to the skies. And then that was it. Yeah, that was definitely another confirmation. Um, but also, like, you're in the fifth grade. It's like, it yeah. is what it is at that point. Right, you don't know exactly what um, it is. It's just you know what you like. And that's that's what you like. Mm-hmm. And then I think but, when um, you get to middle school years, that's when you start to, like, have the pressures of society, like, really in your face. And you start to question a lot of things. Yeah, I was getting beat up at middle school all in middle school, I got beat up all the time because really? I was really femme. Yeah, I was bullied every day. I was harassed and it was like terrible. And I developed like a straight accent and like just ways to be more masculine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the most gay so, you have You have to, especially at that age, you have to kind of like go inside a shell almost and put on this like exterior to like, just to survive, just to like, get through high school and middle school. Cause it's, these kids are vicious. I don't even, I cannot imagine today what it, what it must be like. But for us back then, back in the, the late nineties. Yes, there was no visibility at all. Like they maybe had one little commercial on it, on MTV, like embrace everybody. But maybe. the rest of the shit was everything great. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I came out like officially in, 10th grade. That's when I started telling everybody. So, so why are you judging me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, did you have a dramatic uh, long walk like I did too? No, I was just in the musical theater program in my school. Same. I got the lead in the play and at that point I had so much confidence. I was like, I'm a fucking sophomore and I got the lead in this shit. Oh, I'm you were so girl. Yeah, sophomore. <laughs> These hoes was jealous. I was over here. I was the fruity little one on the stage, and they was jealous. They was mad. But anyway, <laughs> tenth grade was it. Tenth grade mm-hmm. was it. Yeah, I think once I came out to myself, though, I I told myself that like I wasn't going to hide it, but I also wasn't going to announce it too. And I think that that's very important because like it just never like straight people don't have to announce to the world that they're straight. So I shouldn't have to announce to the world that I'm queer or that I'm gay or whatever. So like, I just, if like, if you ask me, I would tell you, but like, I just am not the kind of person to just give up information about like personal information. Like for what? That's none of your business, first of all. Right. And why is it your business? Are we, if we not fucking, it's none of your business. Period. (laughs) I mean, if I choose to bring you into my life and tell you it's my choice, like I shouldn't be forced to have to, Disclose my sexuality. And until like, then, keep your mouth shut. It's none of your business because I'm not asking you. I actually don't even care 
what you're doing. If you're, as long as you're happy and you're not hurting somebody else, leave me alone. Do your thing. I don't care. Right. Being straight should not be the default. Like straight, if we have to come out straight, people should have to come out with their raggedy sexuality as well. (laughs) But I think now the beautiful thing about like the time that we're living in now is that because being queer and being gender expression is so much more accepting, I feel like straight actually isn't like the default anymore. Definitely not. I feel like everybody falls on the spectrum somewhere and they're they're it's taking everybody's society all this time to realize that but we're all you know i forgot to mention janet janet's a queen too janet is the janet is the empress of pop let me tell you her velvet rope album definitely mm. helped me with my sexuality like it's i can almost cry it's thinking about me. it like that album, especially the song where she was like singing to the girl, you know what I'm talking about? On the phone? Uh-huh. Are they getting nasty with each other? Yeah, uh-huh. I know. <laughs> I was like, if Jenny is cool with it, then why can't I? I love her. Right, that great. album, that whole era. I've seen that tour on DVD. I have it in the All For You Tour, of course. And I've seen them so many times. It's just iconic. It's just so incredible. <laughs> So, okay, I guess that kind of leads me to my next question that I have. What was your process of embracing your sexuality growing up and specifically in your adulthood too? Because people don't realize that it's an adjustment. Yeah, like, it's, it's definitely an, an adjustment. I think I've done it in phases almost, like embracing myself because the way that I embraced my sexuality when I was t- in 10th grade is not obviously the same way that I embrace it now in my um, young adultness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, my whole view of the world back then was just so different. <laughs> and I felt like everything had to be like a certain cut away. Even like, I felt like gay relationships had to be like a certain like, heteronormative way and that's just not how I view things anymore at all yeah with my adulthood it was about unlearning for me with my childhood and adolescence it was about learning with my adulthood it was about unlearning like unlearning toxic masculine behaviors Mm -hmm. unlearning the oppression that I can't really be who I am unlearning the gender binary like it was just unlearning all this bullshit that society placed on me society puts a lot of pressure on not just gay people but queer black people so much pressure. oh god so much pressure so just having yeah. to yeah like you said unlearn all of that and really embrace who you want to be in the world and how you want to show up in the world and it's it's a journey it's a struggle it's something that i I mean, I, we both, I think, deal with it every single day. It's just something that just keeps evolving. It really does. And I get frustrated when I think about it because I wish, like, I'm Black and I'm queer. That's who I am. Really? Yes. Oh, shock. But <laughs> I wish there was more intersection as far as, like, the Black community embracing the queer community because it's a struggle. Yeah, we got some work to do there for sure. 
it's, it's like the, the black community is so deeply rooted in the black church and mm. it's just the black church tells you everything is a sin <laughs> everything everything, everything is a sin, sin. Mm-hmm. and people are just like it's just you have to get out of that mentality because you can't live your life that way and that's just not it's not fair yeah it's really just designed to keep us separated specifically speaking about like blackness period yeah. we'd be the most powerful we already are powerful as fuck but we would oh my god if we could just come together we would everything would be perfect listen i think 2020 is i mean things are we're starting to see that i think and things are starting to work in our favor and we're starting to at least that's my hope that's what i see that we're all coming together Mm -hmm. now and okay i feel like i'm about to start getting (laughs) emotional i'm a cancer y'all so if i cry I don't want to cry. I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna do it. No, stop. Let's not cry. Stop. I mean, if you need but, to cry, let it out. But like, it's just hard because I feel like black queer people are, are always riding hard for our straight black brothers and sisters, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement. But it's just been such a juxtaposition seeing us on the front lines, but then. Black trans people are dying by the hands of black cis men. And nobody wants to talk about it. And people are just getting away with it sometimes. Right. And it's like, uh, there has to be. Yeah, these are the people that are leading the community and pushing things forward. Mm hmm. So it's just, it just has to be a balance. Like, if I can be on the front lines for you, be on the front lines for us too. We're all, as black people, as a community, we're all one. I'm sorry if I'm like... <laughs> no, that just took me... <laughs> that just got me a little bit emotional, for sure. But but it's the truth. Like, we should be all... We're all... <laughs> it's no me versus you. We're all together. Mm-hmm. We're all on the same team. So, like, what is the issue? I have a, I have a question for you. Okay. Even Okay, so if you could go back to when to your 10th grade self coming out and you could plan a coming out party, how would it go? <sighs> your 10th grade self. Do I have an unlimited budget? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? Okay, well, Janet would be performing. Okay. She- the headliner. It'll be multiple performers. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Do you hear Google spying on me? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. We're going to edit that out. Um, but yeah, if I had an unlimited budget, Janet would be the headliner. Okay. And my mom will be in the front row with my father. Yes. Okay, what if you didn't have an unlimited budget? What if the budget was $150? <laughs> okay, well, my mom... Remember, this is a coming out party. This is this is a coming out party. I know. I want my family there. Yeah. I want them to see me in the pink gown that <laughs> I will get at the thrift store since my budget has been reduced. <laughs> it's... 
and it will be sickening too okay <laughs> um yeah i'm gonna do like um, a routine i'll do my own choreography i'll probably say a, a poem that i wrote the night before or like the week before because you know we'll be prepared we'll be more yeah, prepared way, way prepared we prepared. <laughs> it'll be a well-planned event for sure yes it will yes it will and I think from, oh, go ahead. I would just the last thing I want to say is I would invite all the bullies to see me being fabulous and unapologetic I was going to say I'd invite everybody that I possibly even talked to in high school just, I invite the whole school actually and it'd be very dramatic there would be a, we'd be at like some venue community center maybe something like that and there would be like a door <laughs> a, what type of door? Just, just a door. Just a really, just, I mean, it's going to stand out, of course. Maybe a red door, maybe like a gold door, but there'll be like a door, like a very prominent door. And I won't be there just yet. And everybody's going to be there and there's going to be a door. It's going to be like, what's, what's going on? Where's, where's Jason? And then at four o'clock, the door will just burst into flames and I will appear. Just just throw us some little coin. You got a little chuckle out of this. A little <laughs> giggle. Something. Because this shit is not... We easy. are still in quarantine and we are still <laughs> not really working. It is a whole motherfucking pandemic going on. So my Venmo is at Kyle Atwater. That's at K-I-L-E-A-T-W-A-T-E-R. What is yours, Jason? Mine is at Jason Ford. That's J-A-S-O-N-F-O-R-D. Also, my Instagram is I am J Ford. That's the letter I A M J Ford. Kyle. My Instagram is at Kyle Atwater. Follow me, and please make sure you subscribe, subscribe share, like, share, tell a friend, tell another friend. This is the gag. See y'all next time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching.